that's what we do with any new company we, we, we do. We get a big blank sheet of paper and we think, right, how, how can we make this company um, uh, different and you know, far more appealing than any, any other company that's gone before us. How much more successful would you be if you had lunch once a week with insanely successful entrepreneurs who share their biggest secrets on how they think and achieve success? Grab your seat at the table, because this is Business Lunch with Roland Frazier and Ryan Dice. Welcome to another episode of Business Lunch. And today's a snackable episode with Roland where he's going to get into some more tactical strategies that you can start using to live a rich and happy life. If this is the first snackable episode you're hearing, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other episodes that Roland has put out. And if you want to get notified every time we release a new episode, go to the new businesslunchpodcast.com website and we'll send you detailed notes along with every episode. That's businesslunchpodcast.com, www.businesslunchpodcast.com, and you can sign up for the free email newsletter where you'll be able to get all the highlights and resources from the episodes. So we're all very excited to see you. Well, that was a lovely welcome. Thank you. It's worth, it was, <laughs> thank you. They, uh, anyway, thank you very much. So before we get started, just so I have the right protocol, I know that back in 2000, I think it was, you were knighted by Queen Elizabeth. You are now Sir Richard Branson. Is that, do we, do we, should I say Sir Richard or do I? I, 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 I was knighted on the uh, 25th anniversary of um, the Sex Pistols record, uh, God Save the Queen, which, what, <laughs> and, and I was sli slightly nervous that the Queen would actually uh, cut off my head rather than touch my shoulder. But um, fortunately, she was very gracious, forgot about what had happened 25 years before. And um, uh, yeah, so, but anyway, Richard is, Richard is Richard. the way to go. All right, all right, thank you. So let's start with, uh, with mindset. You, you are a record setter, you're interested in that, you've done uh, uh, all kinds of ballooning records, you've kite surfed across the channel. Uh, what, what drives you to do that? What, what motivates you and drives you to, to set those records? Um, <laughs> Very, very originally, it was, it was for marketing reasons. So, um, so we had one second-hand 747 in our airline fleet against British Airways 400 planes. Um, and, uh, and somebody said to me, you know, let's build a boat to try to break the record for the fastest boat across the Atlantic. Um, and of course, we'll have a very big fly virgin on the boat. And, um, so, a, a few months later, I find myself in, in New York, heading off uh, across the Atlantic, being pounded to death. Um, and, um, and we sank about <laughs> 300 miles before we got to the UK. Um, but fortunately, um, when the helicopter rescued us, the, the, the words fly virgin were still sticking out of the, uh, out of the water. <laughs> um, <laughs> and. Um, uh, and so the next year we came back and succeeded. And, and then, I, then I basically got addicted. I mean, I just um, loved, the, loved trying to do things which had never been done before. I mean, somebody said, no one's crossed the Atlantic in a hot air balloon. Um, and um, so I got my hot air balloon license and then a few months later found myself w w waiting to take off from Sugarloaf, Maine um, across the Atlantic. And, and everything that could, could have gone wrong went wrong in those adventures. Um, I think I've got the record for being uh, pulled out of the sea 
um, five times by helicopters in my life. So, and, and, and if anybody wants to break it, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> um, but, um, um, but, you know, I think it gave Virgin uh, a, um, you know, we didn't have the internet to promote our companies in those days. So um, we needed to use, use ourselves to uh, get out there and, you know, get, get the companies on, on the map. And, um, and I think these adventures gave us a much more sort of sexy, you know, image or somebody, something that people sure. could identify with over, over, say, British Airways that was quite stuffy, would never dream of my, my jumping on a My stunt you did was when they were building the London Eye, the big Ferris Don't wheel. Don't spoil the story. I'm okay. going to tell this. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. Well, so let's talk about, um, so being pulled out of the thing and getting out of the sea and getting permission from China at the last minute to go over, not get shot down when you're in these balloons and that kind of stuff. You've cheated death in your book, you said, 76 different times. And, and actually, there's another one that you mentioned in the book that's not part of the 76. So at 77, you were leaning out a window, and you got excited and, and fell, almost fell out, and somebody grabbed you by your shirt and pulled you back in. So that's number 77. What, what drives you to do that? And, and, and what do you, what, I guess probably let's talk about, you recently decided to ride out Hurricane Irma, and you were up on the, um, you were sitting in a place, I think you said, that um, you were watching it come in, and then you decided that you better get in under the shelter, and you came out later, and there was a bathtub that had been thrown in exactly the place that you were hanging out that would have, would have had, had you end. And um, what, what did you learn from going through that process, that, that, that hurricane and, and all of these near-death experiences? <laughs> um. Yeah, every time you have a, uh, a, a near-death experience, you swear to yourself you'll never, never do something like this again. And, and, and then as within a sort of a, a week, you think, well, I can do it slightly differently this time, and, um, <laughs> uh, and, and we, won't, we won't end up in the sea or, or whatever. Um, hurricanes, obviously, you've got no choice. They, you know, they, they, they're, they come every 10 years. Um, and last year, Irma was the worst hurricane in history. Um, so you figured, I'll just hang out at home. Well, some of our staff had to be on island, and uh, yeah, look, I like an adventure, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I joined them. And um, fortunately, we, we have a very secure wine cellar. <laughs> and so we hung out in the wine cellar. Um, we had 14 hours of, um, of what sounded like a screaming train going by. And, um, but plenty of wine, so it wasn't too, we weren't suffering too much. <laughs> I'm trying to tell the London Eye story, and he's gone off to other, let me tell the London Eye story, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, so, they, they, so I got a telephone call one morning, and I, was, and I was told that British Airways, they had this giant wheel, which, which is opposite the House of Commons, it was on the ground, they had all the world's press there, to photograph it being erected, and um, and that they had a technical problem, they couldn't couldn't get it up, and so uh, we we um, uh, we I had an airship company, and I rang up the airship company, and I said, uh, please get to this wheel as fast as possible. It was outside London. So about two hours later, they came over the. The, the, the giant wheel, and all, all the world's press were there, and if we've got the picture of the airship, 
<laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> anyway, we got the headlines, not British Airways that day. So they, um, we, have a, we, we, we have quite a lot of fun with airships. Um, they, they light up at nighttime. And, um, uh, and you've just had the Super Bowl in America. Did your team win? Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, the, uh, the um, yeah, so NBC wanted us to use our airship to film, to film um, the Super Bowl. And um, obviously we said yes. And we had an enormous fly virgin on the side of it. And um, we assumed we were going to get lots of you know, uh, lots of cameras coming up to our airship, so that, you know, we, and Super Bowl's the best place to promote your products. Um, but anyway, they made it very clear that they wouldn't have any cameras looking at our airship because, um, you know, I don't know, a second in the Super Bowl's a million dollars or something. So, um, so when, the air, when the airship went up, after about five minutes, we just pulled out a banner at the back which said, NBC cameraman, are the sexiest, uh, sexiest guys and girls in America. <laughs> and we had the, the, the cameras who just came up the, non, non-stop the whole, the whole way through the Super Bowl. So. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling some of these marketing stories because I think I'm addressing an audience of great marketers. Are there any marketers in the room? <laughs> <laughs> they, um, yeah, because I mean, it was interesting when, you know, I mean, you've, you, I mean, with, I don't know, how, do you think you'd all be in the room if the internet didn't exist? Um, I doubt, I doubt a lot of you would actually. And, um, you know, so 50 years ago when we started, um, you know, there, 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 were, there wasn't the internet and we just had to, you know, come up with uh, fun, uh, fun, zany ideas to get our companies on the map. And we had a lot of fun doing it. Um, we were talking uh, backstage about one of the things that I, I asked, because in your book, it was, I think, the introduction of Virgin Mobile in uh, Australia. And you got out of your uh, car, and would you tell that story of, of what happened? Well, we were launching a, a new mobile phone company in Australia. And instead of driving into Sydney, uh, Gene or Wang drove out of Sydney. And I said, well, you know, why are we going outside? I thought the press conference was in, in um, Darling Harbour, um, near, near, the, uh, near the, um, the famous bridge. And um, she said, you'll see, Richard. You know, I could see she was a bit nervous. But anyway, so we, we drive into this field, and there's a helicopter. Helicopters happen a lot in my life. But anyway, there was a helicopter sitting in the middle of the field. Um, so I thought, that's all right. I don't mind flying into Sydney on a, in a helicopter. It'd be nice to see. And so I'm about to climb into the helicopter. And she says, no, no, no Richard, sorry. Um, if you could just put, pull this on your, on your legs and strap up like that, well done. And then this bungee jump, <laughs> the bungee rope, we're going to attach to the back of your belt. Um, if you could lie face down. Um, and the helicopter takes off, and I'm 100 foot below the helicopter. I then take off, and I immediately start <laughs> swinging round and round and round and round, uh, and heading heading towards um, uh, the, the, uh, Sydney, the Sydney Bridge. Um, and fortunately, I'd done a couple of skydives, so finally I got myself into a, a skydive position. Um, 
and it was then just beautiful. I mean, it was as close to flying as, as you could ever, ever be. I mean, it was just, uh, uh, you just felt like a bird, I mean, just flying through the sky. Um, but then I saw the bridge coming up, and I thought, fuck, I'm 100 feet down. <laughs> I, hope the heli I hope the helicopter realizes. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, we, we, we went just over the top of the bridge, not into the bridge, and there were all these people walking across the bridge and <laughs> gave them a little wave. Um, and, um, and then we landed on top of uh, these um, cages where all these poor people had been, who got Orange or got Cellnet or got BT or other, other, other telephone um, companies were locked in and I had to rip the cages open. And anyway, but, it, but it's fun. I mean, it's, it's better, you, you know, we got the front page story rather than, you know, little, little anecdote in the back. And, um, and everybody smiled and everybody has, you know, has fun when something like that happens. And, um, and yeah, I recommend it for certain, you know, for certain consumer companies. <laughs> so, um, how many of you have flown or otherwise interacted with a Virgin brand? Raise your hand. Look at that. All the people who, that's awesome. Thank you. So, over the years, you've built Virgin into one of the most, I think, beloved and recognized and versatile brands ever. Originally, I think you had a different name for it. Would you tell that story and how you came upon deciding on Virgin? Well, I was 15 turning 16, sitting in a basement with a lot of girls who were 15 turning 16. And um, we were trying to come up with the name of a record company that we were going to start. Um, my name was Slip Disc Records, um, which, um, uh, you know, the old vinyl discs, they always used to slip. And, um, and I'm quite glad we didn't do Slip Disc Records, because I think Slip Disc Airlines or would, wouldn't have done, done very well. Um, and then one of the girls just laughed and said, why don't you call it Virgin? We're all virgins, and laughed hysterically. Um, and, um, and, then, and then she paused and said, and you're Virgin in business. You, you know, you've, you've never done anything in business. So, um, so Virgin it was. Um, and then we spent four years trying to get the registry office to register the name Virgin, and they thought it was rude. And, um, and after about three or four years, I finally decided, uh, um, you know, the Virgin was beginning to, you know, get established, and I, I wanted to protect the name. So I got the English dictionary, and it said, Virgin, pure, untouched, unblemished, I mean, the absolute opposite of rude. And I wrote to them, and they finally caved in and registered the name. That's awesome. And you have, now you've got spaceships, you've got cruise ships, airlines, so many different things, uh, phone companies, trains, and even fitness clubs that I, I didn't know about until I started really researching. I must be old. <laughs> or or uh, uh, short attention span. That's what we entrepreneurs call it. So I know from time to time, people must have said, Richard, you're, you're pushing the brand too thin. It can't be that diverse. How, how do you react to that? And, and what do you think the secrets are to having brand integrity but being so diverse in so many different areas with Virgin. So um, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, when, when we had music stores and um, we decided to go into the airline business, um, people thought we were absolutely mad. And you know, they were you know, like the, you, you know, Richard, you should you know stick with your onions. Um, uh, you know, you should stick with what you what you know. Um, you shouldn't 
shouldn't move, move out into it and into new areas. Now, of course, if we had just stuck with music stores, we wouldn't be here today because the music business with the iPod, um, di the music stores disappeared. Um, the reason we, you know, we, we've gone into so many different areas uh, often has just come from personal frustration. So, um, uh, so um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I know some of you will have heard this story, but it's a fun story, I'm going to tell it again. So <laughs> the, 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 um, uh, the way the airline started was I was in Puerto Rico, I was trying to get to the Virgin Islands, um, it was six in the evening, I'd been away from my girlfriend for three weeks, um, and the American Airlines um, captain says, I'm sorry, we're not taking off till tomorrow morning because we haven't got enough passengers on board the plane. And um, so I went to the back of the airport, I borrowed a blackboard, um, as a joke, I used the word Virgin Airlines, and I said $39 one way to the Virgin Islands. I went to all the people who'd been bumped, and I filled up my first plane. Um, and then when we got to the Virgin Islands, um, somebody said, you know, sharpen up the service a bit, and you, 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 you could be in the airline business. Um, and the next day, I, I got on the phone to Boeing, and um, I said, um, can I talk to your sales department? I was 28 years old. Um, I didn't even know I, they, like, you could call them up and say, hey, you got a plane you can sell me? <laughs> I, 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 the, the funny thing in life is if you just try these things, it'll, it's, you'll surprise yourself, as I'm sure a lot of people in this room realize now. And um, so this wonderful man called R.J. Wilson answered the phone. And, um, and I said, it's Richard Branson. Um, do you have any secondhand 747s for sale? And... Um, he said, um, well, we do have one or two. Um, uh, are you in the airline business? I said, no. Um, I have a record company. I've got the Rolling Stones. I've got the Sex Pistols. I've got Boy George. Um, and I, there was a pause, and I thought he was about to put the phone down to me. Um, and then he said, no, look, Richard, um, um, I like the sound of your voice. I'll, 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 come, along and, I'll come along and see you. But you just got to promise me one thing before I come. Um, you've got to change the name of the company. He said, a name like Virgin, everybody will assume your airline won't go the whole way. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> somebody just got it. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, but he came and he sold us a 747. And I. Uh. I, I broke my promise. <laughs> so a lot of folks here are building brands, and you obviously seem to have a bit of a knack for doing that. What, what would you say the top three things that the people in the audience should be thinking about as they go about building their own brands? Well, first of all, um, you're, 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 you're only as good as your own reputation. Um, so... And, and it's your personal reputation, and, it, and it's the reputation of your brand. Um, so you've got to zealously protect your reputation um, and not get tempted to do, do anything that could possibly, you know, you, you could read about the next morning and feel, you know, um, uncomfortable about, read about it, reading about it in the newspapers. So 
Um, you know, so I think you know, the Virgin brand has survived 50 years. You know, by and large, I think we've got it right. And, um, and you know, we know we can sleep well at nights. Um, and, and, the, and, the rep, and, and we have people who are but in each company making sure that you know, the way they deal with, um, with the customers you know, is, is great. Um, you know, that we treat people fairly, that we don't overcharge, all, 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 the, all these sort of factors um, are, are, are really important. Um, uh, so you have your brand, um, and then obviously your, your people. And, um, and people, it's kind of interesting. You've, for the trains and I think the banks as well, and I know the airlines, you've intentionally reached outside of the industry to find just good people. Could you comment on that a little bit? Because I know that's one of the keys. Yeah, I mean, when we started an airline, we did not want to bring in um, a whole lot of airline people to run our airline. I mean, yes, okay, in the cockpit, we quite like to have pilots that Helpful. have flown before. <laughs> You'd be pleased with that. But apart from that, we wanted fresh faces with fresh ideas. And, um, you know, and that's what, we, that's what we do with any new company we, we, we do. We get a big blank sheet of paper and we think, right, how, how can we make this company um, uh, different and you know, far more appealing than any, any other company that's gone before us? Um, and we bring in people from different virgin companies around the world to uh, create, create the magic. Um, and I think you know, we, we, we're, we're then, you know, we do look after our people well. Um, I mean, we're, we're um, uh, you know, at, at, at Virgin, in, in our offices in London and in New York, if people want to take holidays um, for two months and they'll still get paid, they can do it. Um, now, if they now, was it your daughter that suggested you implement the program? Yeah. Of, I uh, mean, could you talk about that just for a second? It was, yeah, my daughter just came, rang me one day and said, um, I think, I, you know, she worked, worked there, oh, I think you should be brave and just say, give, you know, treat people as adults. You know, if they want to work at home, let them work at home. If they want to go part-time, let them go part-time. If they want to take a sabbatical, let them take a sabbatical. If they want to take a week off, you know, for, for a, you know, any time through the year or a month off or two months off, let them do it. Um, if, if you treat them like that, they will... Um, you know, they will perform even, even better at the times that they're at work. And, it, and it's turned out that way. And, and, I mean, in America, I think the amount of holidays people are given is, is terrifying. I mean, how you can actually bring up kids um, with that little holiday time being, being given to you. Um, and, you know, with, with um, modern communications, you, people can work from pretty well anywhere. So, you know, why shouldn't they be working a little bit with, with their children um, and Necker Island also. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you. That's great. The thing, thank you. The thing I thought you were going to say was um, uh, in, the, in, the, in the various companies you mentioned, we, we, ha we have a policy of um, taking on, um, uh, giving people a second chance, so taking on people from prisons. And, um, we've taken on dozens and dozens of people who come out of prisons. Um, uh, w not one of them have reoffended. I mean, they are so appreciative that um, they've been given a second chance, and they become. Um, 
awesome. That's really great. They, yeah, they be, they become some of our best, uh, you know, our best best employees, and it's good for society if companies can do that because, you know, they, I mean, generally people reoffend because you know they're dumped outside of prison, um, they've got no money, and no you know, options. They've got right? no options. I mean, it's. Um, um, so let's let's move to where you're expanding. You're, I think, in 2020, Virgin Voyages will be a cruise line with three cruise ships, right? Um, yeah. So I wouldn't dream of going on a, a cruise ship, and and um, uh, um, but um, but that's the reason we decided to go into into the, 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 into creating our own um, cruise ship. Um, uh, we wanted to create the kind of cruise ship that myself and my friends and you know would just love to go on. Um, and again, big blank sheet of paper. Um, we, I got people in who'd been on cruise ships, um, and um, it's she sets sail in 12 months from now, uh, going to Havana and Bahamas. Um, she, I'm afraid, uh, no grandkids, no kids allowed. It's just going to be adults only. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, you know, where, we were where are you sailing from initially? Um, initially from Miami. Okay. Um, and then um, Havana, um, we we managed to get permission to go into, which is fantastic. And, and we've got an island in the Bahamas that um, is beautiful, and we've got setting up beautiful beach things and so on. So um, yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna be good and. You know, we got five five cruise ships on order. The first one just came out of the dock in Italy um, uh, three days ago, um, and um, it's going to be fun. <laughs> nice. So, what do you see as the next industry that's most ripe for? You're a disruptor. What do you What do you think is you're gonna uh, you're gonna make some waves there, right? <laughs> Forgive the pun, but. Um, you, what would you say is the next industry that, that really needs a shaken up? Well, um, I mean, space is becoming rather exciting for Virgin, and uh, space is Virgin territory. Um, the, um, the puns are here all day long. <laughs> I've had a lifetime of them. Um, the, um, sorry, it's Virgin on the ridiculous, but anyway, there we go. Um, they, they um, yeah, so... Where was it? 14, 15 years ago, um, uh, I gave up waiting to be taken to space by NASA or by the Russians or by the Chinese um, and, and, and realized that they just were not interested in taking us to space. And so we, um, I traveled the world looking for a genius engineer, came across Bert Rutan, and, um, and we started building our, our space company. Um, and as I said in the introduction video, we've had tears, we've had joy. Um, uh, two days ago, our second um, flight into space happened, um, which include, included a, uh, a young lady in the back, one of our engineers, and you, just seeing her face of absolute joy as she looked out in, you know, when she reached space um, just made me really itching to go up myself. So, so they're already doing test runs of that right now. When will you be launching, or when is the current plan? Um, so uh, I'm hoping to go up this July. Um, uh, it, 
everything seems to be going really well towards that. Uh, this July happens to be the anniversary of the moon landing, which I, oh. I was alive for and remember vividly on a black and white TV set. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I and uh, we've got 700 people who signed up or are, are itching to go. Um, so yeah, so we've, we're building uh, three or four spaceships at the moment, um, and we're building them in the Mojave Desert. Then we move the whole operation to that rather stunning-looking spaceport that you saw in those pictures in New Mexico, um, and that's where we'll be operating. So it said revolutionizing the small satellite industry. Can you tell us about that? Okay. Yeah, so that, 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 that's item? actually um, a sister company to Virgin Galactic called Virgin Orbit. Um, uh, we took one of our secondhand 747s from Virgin Atlantic, which went right back 35 years. Um, we converted the wings so it could take a giant rocket. We then spent the last eight years building this giant rocket. Um, and um, and we, we will be putting an array of satellites up. Um, uh, the, there's a company that we were, uh, we, we were instrumental in starting with a man called Greg Weiler in, in um, from Necker Island, actually, from the bar, um, which, um, uh, which is plans to put 2,000 satellites around the Earth. And, and they, that will connect uh, some of the billion, billions of people who are not connected. Um, and, um, and the advantage of a 747 is, you know, we can launch, we can launch satellites within 24 hours um, anywhere in the world. Um, the rocket will travel around the Earth at 18,500 miles an hour, dropping off, off the satellites. Um, so that, that's got its first launch in a couple of months' time. That's awesome. And I love the story about the logo, too. Would you mind sharing that with, uh, with everybody, how the logo came up? With the... the logo um, uh, uh, was... Um, I, I'm trying to remember. Stephen Hawkins um, and Stephen Hawkins and myself both made a logo of our eyes, um, and everybody, every astronaut who goes up into space will have a, a, a little, a little version of their eye put on the spaceship. So, so for, of each of theirs. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, uh, your personal brand has been undeniably helpful in helping the Virgin brand, and one of the challenges I think a lot of folks, especially here in the audience, have is um, that they're they only have a personal brand or they only have a corporate brand. Um, how, how do you believe that your personal brand has helped Virgin and how have you kept one from overshadowing the other? So in the early days, um, the headlines would be Branson this, Branson that. And, um, and I felt I wasn't, you know, building the brand. And, and, and it was only after about Mm, 10 years or 15 years that um, people started talking about Virgin this and Virgin that. Um, so I think that the personal brand, I mean, because I was young, you know, I mean, I you know, started off at 15, 16 years old, you know, that helped me get interviews and, you know, have, get the press interested. And, um, and um, but now, I think, you know, the, the, the Virgin brand is, is well established around the world. And uh, you know, so if, uh, if I get run over, um, I think the Virgin brand can way, way outlive me and can, you know, continue in the future. That makes sense. So one of the things that, um, 
that we were very sad about when Virgin America went away as an airline here in the States. So was I. <laughs> the, uh, was that that customer experience, the customer experience that Virgin is really well known for is very special and very unique and it's always good. Uh, what is your process for designing the customer experience, how the customer actually experiences your product and the customer journey when you're looking at how, how the journey of the customer across the buying and consumption experiences is going to be. What's the process for doing that? Well, first of all, um, yeah, we never wanted to sell Virgin America. Because I was British, I had to have non-voting shares in the company. And um, annoyingly, uh, um, they, the company got sold. Um, and sadly, I don't think Alaska, they haven't kept the brand. They haven't uh, kept the staff. So it's, it's been quite quite sad to see that happen. Um, but it, on a positive note, let's go back for 13 years when we started Virgin America. Um, uh, airlines in America um, were, not, were, were not a pleasant experience. Um, and, um, and we wanted to bring in an airline into the States that, um, that you know, when people walked on it, they would go, wow. Uh, you, know, this is, you know, this is just fantastic. And we wanted to create the kind of airline that children would get really upset with their parents if they, if they weren't flying on Virgin because you know, the entertainment system, for instance, would be much better. Or, um, and and you know, we wanted to create a kind of airline where everybody working there um, absolutely loved, loved everything about it and therefore they, they had a smile on their face all the time. Um, and Virgin America won um, best airline, um, best you know, ten years, ten years in a row, and I think it was, you know, it was much better than all the other airlines. Um, maybe one day we'll come back. Um, <laughs> uh, they, they, um, uh, Did they change the rules on the ownership? I knew that they were working on that. No, they still, they've still kept the rules. I mean, it's it's a bizarre, archaic uh, system which was left over from. 1938, when they were worried that uh, that um, Hitler would buy an airline in America or something, and um, uh, and and the and the big airlines have used it to protect themselves ever since. They don't really want really good airlines like Singapore or Emirates coming into America. So um, yes, yeah, so, so the rules are still there. What what industries would you say right now? You, you've identified them very well throughout the banking experience. Just amazing, everybody loves going to the bank. Um, DMV, it would be great if you could do Virgin DMV, which is our motor vehicles registration. Uh, but uh, what, what would you say are the industries right now that could most be benefit from what you do? Well, I think, uh, I mean, you know, we've obviously got one or two exciting new, new, new things like space, which we're working on, so Virgin Virgin Hyperloop is, um, uh, is I think, going to be very exciting. And, and that's basically a tube. Um, if anybody's outside Las Vegas, they can see this tube in the desert um, where we're testing, um, testing Virgin Hyperloop. Um, and we'll have a pod in the tube, um, and it will levitate, um, and it'll go at six, 700 miles an hour. Um, and it's a magnetic, on a magnetic track. I'll give you an idea of how it could be used. So um, Dubai has a big airport. Um, it, it's full up. 
so they got to build another airport, which is 60, 70 miles away. Um, if we put a hyperloop between the two airports, um, instead of people taking some hours to get through the traffic to get to the other airport, um, they'll get there in next, next to no time. Um, but more excitingly, um, you know, if you land in Dubai um, from JFK, um, you'll be able to get into your pod from the gate that you've landed in, miss out the whole airport, um, and with your luggage, go straight through to the gate at the, the other airport, um, you know, you're going on to Hong Kong, um, get out and get on the plane. Um, and, you know, we, we can have pods of all different sizes, different size pods can go to different, uh, you know, different gates. And um, so it will say, it just saves that, you know, one and a half hours going through an airport and the one and a half hours on, on the, in, the, in the traffic. Um, we're building one of these in, from Mumbai to Punai in India, which is the most dangerous road to drive. Um, uh, it takes five and a half hours, and the Indians have given us all the way along the side of the motorway. Oh, wow. um, and, you know, that will transform, you know, people will be able to get there in less than half an hour, and it'll, it'll be very exciting. So, um, we'll see. I mean, it, you know, like, like with Virgin Galactic, it's, it's, it, it's in the early stages, but it's, it, it looks look, looking good. So in a lot of these pictures, including that video, I see that you are a fan of champagne. I, too, am a fan of champagne. What's your favorite champagne? <laughs> oh, I don't know. If you've got any Dom Perignon there, I mean, <laughs> um, no, I, I, um, uh, my, my wife lives off champagne. I was just, I, I, I was, which is why I have to work so hard, just to <laughs> keep, keep, her, keep, her, keep her in champagne. Um, they, um, uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, it is champagne and red wine in my, yeah, my, my, I haven't really got onto spirits yet, but. Are uh, you a French wine, an American wine, a. Oh, I'm not too, I'm not too fussed. It's a good, a good red wine. Good red uh, wine yeah. is, does. <laughs> now, speaking of spirits, you have something that you're doing in that world. Um, and I think you have an interesting partner as well, right? Mm. Could you tell us about that? When someone approaches you or you approach someone about doing a partnership, I know partnerships have been very big in your life with uh, Singapore Airlines, I think, and several others. What, what, what makes a good partner and what do, you, what do you think you look for? I mean, obviously, that's the perfect partnership. But. Um, the um, uh, partnerships are, um, yeah, so important in life. I mean, I, you know, um, obviously, if you're lucky enough to, ha to find a lady you love or a man you love and, and you stay together throughout your life, it, it's, it's an absolute joy if it works. Um, it's a joy for your children. It's, it, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's just wonderful. Um, but, um, uh, but partnerships in business are e can, can be equally magical. And, um, and it's, I think it's, you've just got to, you've got to do the sort of give and take and you've got to sometimes be you know, overly generous to your, your, your partner to make sure that it works. And not so then Ryan will be leading Virgin Nation. Yeah, that's, I mean, everything, every other partnerships work well, but I mean, obviously that's a little <laughs> bit, you know. <laughs> um, they, I think he wants to go to space, so uh, we'll, um, we'll, we'll um, yeah, maybe I'll send him on a one-way ticket after that. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, I like that. But, um, no, I mean, we've, we've been very lucky. We've, we've We've had um, some great, great partnerships, and um, and 
uh, and we'll, we'll continue to have partnerships in, in new ventures that we do. So one of the things that we look at here is we, we have a thing we call earned media or publicity, which you're obviously amazing at, and then we have paid media where we're paying for advertising. Is there, is there a way that you approach that? Like, is there an ideal mix or how, how do you think about those two things? Uh, the, more me the more media you can get that you don't pay for, the better. So, um, and yeah, I mean, so I will, you know, if friends ring, ring me up, which they once did, and said, you know, would you like to come and appear in Friends? Um, you know, yep, we'll do that. Uh, you know, it's just um, to, you know, jump, jump, jump in and make the best of any, any of these fun, fun offers. And, and you can have, you know, fun at the same time. Um, I mean, the only problem about appearing in Friends was I was walking down the street in America one day and somebody came up to me and said, instead of saying, you're the guy from Virgin, you're the guy from Friends. Uh, so didn't, I wasn't, <laughs> um, but um, anyway, it's, it, it's um, I think if you can get free advertising, you should get it, but obviously you've got to mix it with paid. Do you, do you think that you get more bang on a, on a long-term basis from one or the other? I think that it, it depends slightly what kind of company you're building. Um, I mean, we, we've been we've built consumer-facing companies in pretty well all, all the everything that we're in, um, and so uh, so creating you know cr creating an image that people identify with is is, is much easier through you know I don't know blooming voting you know. The, 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 your, your personal charisma, et cetera, than through, through ordinary advertising. Um, but then, you know, once you've created that image, then, then um, you can lay, lay the advertising on top. What, um, what final thoughts would you like to leave this wonderful crowd of marketers and entrepreneurs with before you take off for the next adventure? <laughs> um, well, uh, most of my most of my uh, time these days is spent on um, trying to solve s some of the sort of intractable problems of this world, and um, and I think that you know when you're a small business, um, you know you've you've got to look after your first of all yourself, make sure you keep healthy and well. Then then once you know that you've got yourself well looked after, then. Uh, your employees and the people around you, uh, then maybe your local village, um, then maybe your local city, look at what, what things you can do to help, then maybe your country, and, and then when you become a global brand like Virgin, you've got to look at the global issues and see how, how you can help. And I think if, if we can get every company to do that, most of the problems of this world, I think, will, will, uh, can be solved. Um, so, Yeah, so uh, I mean, you know, we, we've um, uh, we've we've looked we've looked at the the really big problems, the you know, climate change. Um, I mean, tomorrow um, I've got a team of judges coming to NECA um, to um, judge something called the Virgin Earth Prize, which was a twenty-five million dollar prize that we put up um, a number of years ago to see if anybody could come up with a, a genius idea of extracting carbon out of the Earth's atmosphere. And um, we, won't, we won't know until tomorrow night whether anyone will win it, will win it but, um, but we, we've, we, it, it stimulated lots of people to think about um, 
Because if you can actually extract enough carbon out of the Earth's atmosphere, you can then balance, balance the, Earth's, the Earth's temperature. Um, the war on drugs has had 60 years of abject failure. And I think, you know, if we as business people had a business that had 60 years of failure, we would have closed it down 59 years ago. Um, and, um, and, and it, you know, we've done a lot of studying on, you know, what works, what doesn't work, which, which country are doing it right, which countries are not doing it right. Um, and it's com completely clear to the Global Drug Commission, which, which I'm part of, uh, that drugs should be treated as a health problem. Alcohol, you know, treated as a health problem. Um, they, um, uh, and, and look after those people who, who, um, who uh, don't know how to deal with it. Um, and, uh, and countries that, are, that have done that, I mean, if you take heroin in Portugal, it had a just as bad per, per number of population as America has today um, of people who are addicted to, um, to, to heroin. The government, you know, the president went on television and said, we're not going to prosecute any of you um, ever again. You're not going to go to prison. Uh, we're going to set up centers for you to come to get your help. Um, we're going to have you supervised. We're going to make sure you have clean needles. Um, we're going to um, make, make, make sure that you don't overdose. Um, we're going to make sure you don't have to go and break and enter into people's homes to get your, 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 your dosage. And then when you're ready to be weaned off, um, we will find a clinic to help you. And um, within five years, pretty well every single heroin addict in Portugal had disappeared. Um, now in America, how many people here know somebody who's suffered from um, uh, heroin or what's the other one, the other um, thing that you've got, a substance in America, everybody's got. But anyway, it, it seems, thank you, it seems to touch so many, so many, so many families here. And, and you know, just, just for the government to come out all the time and say, you know, increase the war, increase the war, it's not, it's not gonna work and, and there needs to be a change of policy. From all of us, thank you so much for all of the good that you do in the world, for inspiring us as entrepreneurs, for being on the Business Lunch Podcast and at Trafficking Inversion Summit. Let's give Richard Branson a really big hand. Thank you. Hey, Roland Frazier here. If you're looking for a way to grow your business exponentially, to get more customers and ultimately increase your wealth, there's no faster way to do it than to acquire other businesses that already have the customers, products, services, teams, and media that you want. If you want to double your sales, just acquire a company that has the same sales as yours. It sounds simple, but far too many people end up starting new businesses that fail and forget that they could skip all the hard stuff and just acquire one that already exists. There's a reason why private equity firms, family offices, big companies like Apple, Google, and some of the smartest entrepreneurs on the planet do not start new businesses from scratch. They acquire already successful businesses. And when they do it, they instantly increase their sales, their profits. If they want market share, they increase that. They can get new products and services to offer all instantly. Hey, look, 90% 
of new businesses fail, 90%. Why not acquire an already successful business and increase your chances of success by 900%? What most people don't realize is you can acquire highly profitable businesses with no money out of your own pocket in pretty much any country in the world, regardless of your credit and without having to go find a bunch of investors or needing any experience. Look, I've been acquiring businesses for over 30 years now, and I cover the whole process in my epic investing strategy training, and I want to give it to you 100% free. Just visit businesslaunchpodcast.com forward slash epic to get your free access to my epic investing training right now while it's available. Hey, Roland Frazier here. If you're looking for a way to grow your business exponentially, to get more customers and ultimately increase your wealth, there's no faster way to do it than to acquire other businesses that already have the customers, products, services, teams, and media that you want. If you want to double your sales, just acquire a company that has the same sales as yours. It sounds simple, but far too many people end up starting new businesses that fail and forget that they could skip all the hard stuff and just acquire one that already exists. There's a reason why private equity firms, family offices, big companies like Apple, Google, and some of the smartest entrepreneurs on the planet do not start new businesses from scratch. They acquire already successful businesses. And when they do it, they instantly increase their sales, their profits. If they want market share, they increase that. They can get new products and services to offer all instantly. Hey, look, 90% of new businesses fail. 90%. Why not acquire an already successful business and increase your chances of success by 900%? What most people don't realize is you can acquire highly profitable businesses with no money out of your own pocket in pretty much any country in the world, regardless of your credit and without having to go find a bunch of investors or needing any experience. Look, I've been acquiring businesses for over 30 years now, and I cover the whole process in my epic investing strategy training, and I want to give it to you 100% free. Just visit businesslaunchpodcast.com forward slash epic to get your free access to my epic investing training right now while it's available.